Welcome to Voices of the Valleys, a series interviewing growers, entrepreneurs, educators, and technologists who are inventing new solutions for today's and tomorrow's challenges on the farm. Brought to you today by Harvestport, an innovation hub and marketplace for better agricultural products, practices, and ideas. Find out more at harvestport.com. Now, here's your Voices of the Valley's host, Director of Western Growers Center for Innovation and Technology, Dennis Donahue. Welcome back to another edition of Voices of the Valley. In, in today's episode, we will continue our conversation with Grower Shipper Association of Central California's Vice President of Policy and Communications, Abby Taylor Silva. Let's jump into the, uh, the, the big ticket item, as it were, the SGMA and the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act. I, I know, I, you know, moving up and down the Central Coast, the Central Valley, and indeed yeah. the entire state, everybody's talking about it. Totally. So, yeah. you know, maybe just kind of a recap of what it is and sure. where, where we are. And then, and then, and then let's, let's bring out a little bit how it kind of differs yeah. region by region. So SIGMA is a law that was passed in 2014, and it was three bills that came together. And it basically said that in areas where you are overdrafting or you are um, you have seawater intrusion or you have subsidence or you know any of these critical factors um, you're going to have to build a plan to address that and to get to a point where you're no longer doing that and um, this is related to the Salinas Valley but it's it is a bit of a different animal in the Salinas Valley and so here's here's what we're looking at in the Salinas Valley we have um, a number of sub-basins. We have really kind of four that we really have a lot of ag production in. And that's the pressure, the east side, the four bay at the upper valley. Um, and those, the pressure is where we're sitting right now. This is um, kind of anything to the west of Highway 101 down into Gonzales, or just north of Gonzales, or Tular. Um, and in that area, they are required to have this plan, but because of seawater intrusion, um, we have to have the plan sooner than everybody else. So we have this big plan due for the pressure um, January of next year. So right now that's what everybody is really working on. We're really taking a look at it. We're in this comment period and um, there are a lot there are a lot of elements of that plan that include things that we've been talking about for a long time. Projects that we've been talking about. Um, CSIP, CSIP expansion, as everybody knows, CSIP is our um, recycled water delivery system in the Castroville area, uh, and, and a number of other things. And the plan, well, the neat thing about the plan is it can be amended. It can be amended as we go along. But you have to be reasonable in what you say you're going to do. It has to reasonably assume that you're going to get to sustainable yield. You have 20 years to do it. And then after those 20 years, you have to keep it sustainable for 30 years. So it's a huge task. Here's what we're dealing with on the central, in the, in the central coast and specifically in Monterey County and in the Salinas Valley groundwater basin. Um, we are currently uh, 17 to 24,000 acre feet in overdraft every year. So if you pull out for that, we're using approximately 550,000 acre feet a year. A lot of that goes back into the ground as recharge. Um, but if you look at what goes back or, or what is recharged through the Salinas River versus what we use, there's a 17 to 24,000 acre foot gap. And that's what we need to close. In drought years, it's a 50,000 acre foot gap. But if you compare that to the Central Valley, 
their gaps are more in the millions of acre feet, right? And the number of acres that are going to be affected are just significantly more. I was reading an article the other day that was estimating 500,000 acres plus, right? right. Um, and here, that whole discussion of fallowed acres not to say that's not an element of this, a potential element of the plan, but it's way down the list. And I think here we're really focused on trying to figure out what can be done before we might ever consider getting to that point. Um, and, and this Salinas Valley, as you know, this is a very innovative valley. And a lot of people, I mean, we had drip tape, and you know, we've got a lot of people who've been using drip tape for a long time. Um, people are very resourceful. We built those dams 60 years ago because we knew we were gonna need water and we wanted to manage it um, within this valley. So I think that we're going to, we're going to get there without the following, um, but, but that is a substantial conversation because um, those, Central Valley GSAs are also on the same deadline. So they have this big plan due next January. Well, and you, and you talked to some of your peers throughout the, throughout the state. What, what, how do the, just in broad strokes, how do the, um, what are the different challenges, let's say if you're over in the Central Valley, you know, when I, when I wander over there, you know, representing Western growers, we talk about you know, vegetables, fruits, and nuts, and you know, I'm fun. You know, after 30 plus years, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm a vegetable. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. You know, and you go yeah. over and you talk to fruit yeah. and nuts. You know, I mean, they've got this completely different structure right. of you know irrigation districts, which yeah. which we don't have. So, how does that how does that play out in terms of trying to mm. implement? Is it is it, I mean, is that a process problem, or are there technical challenges differently? And the uh, how you how you go about attacking that in terms of tools uh, yeah I, th I think it's it's so much more acreage and it's and so there's so much m more that you have to look at to be done I think that what I'm what I'm hearing and seeing from friends who are in those regions um, what's complicated is is that uh, you have surface water deliveries, right, in those regions, which we don't have here. So there's more consistency that we, we have a better understanding. We have the Salinas River, which is, of course, recharging our groundwater. But the way that they have to plan there is, is so very different right. um, and, and can be very different from year to year. And it can be for us, too, of course, depending on if we have a drought or whatnot. But I think that the conversations that I'm hearing over there, I'll have a lot has to do with um, permanent crops versus non-permanent crops right. and making decisions around your permanent crops um, if you were going to keep those in because you're making a you know almost decade investment in a, a yeah, lot of no, cases. Yeah, even longer. Even yeah. longer. Um, and so I think that there are more conversations about converting land to other uses. Right. Um, and I think those uses, and I mean, I'm hearing solar farming. I'm hearing just all these ideas that, um, you know, we're not hearing as much here because it's not, is not as much acreage and it's not as big of a right. transition in that way and it's not as big of a gap. That doesn't mean that the gap that we have isn't significant. And I, I, you know, I always say it's kind of that law of diminishing returns if you think of that curve. The closer you are to the final solution, the harder it gets. And, and I think that that's, that's where we are now. We, we have this relatively, comparatively smaller gap, but there's, there's a lot of uh, big challenge to closing that gap. It, however, it's not fallowing ground like it is, I think, right, in other right. areas. Well, it sounds like uh, uh, 
you know, the accu accumulation or of data and the verification of, yeah, uh, you, you know, cl clearly the government's saying you got to keep score. Yeah, and sure. uh, and this really broadens the base of, you know, totally. every every grower's in the game now. Yeah, in absolutely. terms of uh, account, uh, gathering information, accountability, yeah. and um, so, you know, it, yeah. it sounds like software, data, platforms, clouds, all of those sorts of things oh, start to come sure. in. Come, come into play. Well, too, because with Sigma, I mean, while they don't mandate it, I mean, there is a component that, you know, you have to understand what you have. They don't mandate metering, um, but you are, as a Sigma agency, you have the authority to require metering. You have the authority to require a lot of things for data collection. And you need that in order to go and have a plan that's going to be acceptable by the Department of Water Resources. Um, and you also need that in order to be able to talk about how you've achieved sustainability. So under Sigma, they have um, kind of these layers of um, basically the bottom, there's a, on, on all of these situations, which are, you know, extracting too much groundwater. Let's just use that as an example. You have this, this um, data point at which you have undesirable results. So let's just use round numbers. Let's say you have a well that's a, a hundred feet um, deep and your undesirable result is if you get to 50 feet that ain't good we know that that means that throughout the basin there are problems so you're at 50 feet and but if you're at 75 feet you're sustainable that's what we've determined and these I mean I'm just giving you broad numbers but really this is what we're doing as we're building a plan we're taking numbers that we think are reasonable we're saying this is our metric and from there from 20 years you can be anywhere between 50 and 75. You're fine. But at 20 years, you've got to be at 75. And if you dip below 50, you have to have other things start to come into play so that you don't go below 50 or you don't stay below 50. And that's what Sigma is. So it's not telling you tomorrow you have to have everything figured out, but it's saying you better be on a positive moving trajectory. But there, I, I know as I move around the state, there is a sense of urgency around Sigma, right. is that presentation of the plan? I think that's around the plan, and knowing that around the plan, in many areas, you're not going to be able to use as much water um, in order to keep above that minimum threshold. And so, in order to not be going into overdraft, whatever that threshold is, some people are not, you're not gonna be able to pump as much, so how do you distribute that water in a fair way? And that's where I think you hear people talking about water markets. You hear talk, people talking about working with um, environmental organizations mm -hmm. that are focused on kind of looking at how you might be able to let that land go fallow for a period of time, but then come back into production, looking at the legal challenges around that. Um, yeah, and I think it's, it's creating an opportunity for a lot of really interesting conversations. Um, but it's what's interesting about Sigma, and I think is good about Sigma, is the state really said, locals, you figure it out. You figure out the plan. We're not going to tell you everybody has to quit pumping by 50%. What we're going to tell you is you figure that out to get to that number that you need to be at. The other thing I want to, I want to key in on a little bit, you, you know, and we're, we're almost kind of going in reverse order here. We talked a little bit about traceability and, you know, certainly we in the on the production side, understand we can gener generate a lot of information from shipping point, but it's that last mile. Right. Have, uh, you know, you've worked on in the food safety arena for a long time. Yeah. 
have have you seen any progress in the last mile? Because that's not really a tech. Not, is it a technology issue? Is it a supply chain alignment issue? Yeah. Um, what 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 are your thoughts on that? And again, can I, I presume t- technology and at, at a minimum data is going to drive you know that yeah. that the, hopefully an, an eventual or a more satisfactory resolution of that last mile discussion. What What's your observation on that right now? I know that there have been some success stories. I know, like, for instance, Ocean Mist Farms in this most recent um, Leafy Greens Task Force report had a, um, a success story around uh, traceability and, and, you know, going all the way through the chain that they referenced, which is great. And I think there are people who have that. But I think generally what I hear is, um, although the buyers want to see those codes on the packages, they're not... Um, scanning those, you know, out of, maybe they're scanning at the DC, but then they're not scanning it at the store level, and, and so yada yada, and and that's that's where we're getting um, stuck when it comes to outbreaks and and going back through the system. Um, so I I think that from what I've heard and what I've seen, I think there are a few success stories. I think we need to continue piloting and building upon those success stories, and that's where we need. Um, I think we need buyers who are really willing to invest some resources into doing that and working with technology firms that that have good systems. Uh, Is this a blockchain discussion? I think blockchain is definitely part of it. You know, I mean, I think blockchain is sort of this foundation, as I understand it, is sort of this foundational baseline for for you to put all the data points into so that you can see how they all work together and, and analyze them together. But it would be a framework for the entire supply yeah. chain or or a supplier receiver yeah. to, to come together. So maybe maybe the initial first step is a little bit more customized, you know, yeah. a certain certain set of relationships all working together. Yeah, and I, I mean I feel like it's, you know, I what I hear is there are you know, we've been talking a lot around Romaine and wanting to find traceability, but I hear from the buy community is, well, we can't just do it for Romaine. We need to have a system that works for everything. But what I'm saying is let's let's see what we can achieve around around this commodity and then let's move from there. I think we we simply need to keep we need to keep piloting and trying. And and I, I understand, you know, there's concern about, well, the more we scan boxes, there's there's more cost associated with that. But but I think that there's co- there's tremendous costs associated with not not having a well, system in place that works. Well, the problems occurred. When exactly. They, so, question because because I've been a little curious about this, and you you know you're kind of knee deep in it. Uh, you, you know, I, I can't help but wonder, and I know full well our industry works very hard on process improvement. I give give them high marks. I know how hard you and others work. And uh, you know, five years ago, would we have had would we have even known about um, the Romaine outbreaks in the sense that does the government or the FDA or CDC, do they now have more information yeah. than they used to and we need to understand that better yeah. because you know maybe this supply chain resolution includes you know, re- yeah. re- really the whole yeah. 
the whole the entire supply chain process also absolutely i think what what i've because i've asked that question yeah. too people smarter than me in this realm and the response i've gotten was absolutely and especially because of PulseNet, which is this um, kind of national system for all of the state health departments to put their data in. And so that's what the CDC is able to look at and they're able to see um, where they're starting to see um, clusters of illness come together. And that's how they can look and say, okay, we're seeing this outbreak and it's, it's in California, but it's also in New Hampshire and Florida. And, and we think it might be related. We didn't used to have that. Yeah, certainly we would wanna know about any Incident, uh, of course, but um, five years ago would have been would have been a private local matter between a patient and a doctor, essentially. Right. That now we we have these integrated systems okay. where we're able to connect the data much more quickly than well, the government is able to connect the data much more quickly. So it seems so lo logically, you know, whatever whatever the uh, solution set is in terms of a platform, and it it, it, it sounds it sounds like uh, uh, yeah. being. You know, having having some sort of relationship with, you know, or absolutely. understanding of what's going on with PulseNet would be helpful. I would think so, absolutely. I mean, the, and that's that's a lot of I think the conversations that have been had by a lot of our trade association partners with FDA is um, not only insight into what they're seeing around PulseNet, but also when something like this is occurring, when they're starting to see a trend or a cluster. Um, having discussions with trusted people in the industry that might, you know, represent the industry as a whole or have some insight um, into how everything works to, uh, to, better, to better figure out what's happening. Because right now we don't have as robust a traceability system in that last mile as we would like. You know, I think we're building to that. but. Bring on these people who are experts in how agriculture um, works and distributes food, um, and they're going to help you. And I think a really interesting, um, a really interesting example of this was last year when we um, had the uh, outbreak in November. Um, Jennifer McIntyre with United Fresh um, did a, just kind of thought up some um, case scenarios of what, you know, based upon what we knew at the time, what the, um, the shipper and grower, um, what their characteristics might be. And when we figured out what had happened, it was very similar to what Jennifer had put together. And I think that's because, you know, she's working with industry. Industry has a lot of insight into how things are moving. And we really need the government agencies to talk to industry. I think we can help each other. Well, it, it, uh, it, it sounds like, uh, I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, predictive analytics and just, uh, it's, it's, it's certainly brave new world. You know, you and, I, you and I worked together when I had an opportunity to be the chair of the Grower Shipper Association. And, yeah. and uh, that, that particular group, we, we talked about how did we get to Silicon Valley and yeah. the Salinas Valley together. And, you know, we're, you know, we're 10 plus years down, down the road. I, yeah. it's, it seems like that uh, has borne fruit a little bit. Oh, I think it has. Absolutely. I mean, I know we have people who are here in your center that um, that we love to have come and talk to our members. And well, we can arrange that. Yeah, no, and and they have. You know, some of them have, and I think that 
What's interesting and valuable about having you here in Salinas, um, even though I know you serve the state and beyond, um, is it is so nice to have like a Patrick come in and talk with our food safety committee. And I think that it benefits our committee to hear what he's working on, but it also benefits him to hear their on the ground challenges. Well, and let's close with this and kind of pick that up. You know, one of the things uh, in terms of uh, our Aurora trial network that we're setting up uh, uh, have, or have have begun to stand up throughout the throughout the state and the region is you know we've got our future leaders group involved in that and I know I know you have a future mm -hmm. leaders group as as well I think I think the uh, I think everybody understands the future of our industry you know depends on how well Moore's law meets fresh so so to speak yeah. uh, but you know I'm one of those people that if I hit hit my cell phone harder you know with my finger I think. You know, tap, 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 it'll work better. And, you know, the reality is it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of this, uh, the next generation, they actually oh, know, how, they so. know how to do this stuff. And that's going to be important, I think, more and more. There's, yeah, and actually, I'm going to look it up, so I'll have to pause for just a sec. There's an Albert Einstein quote that I love that is exactly what you were just saying. I'm going to say it. Well, while you're looking for that, you know, I tell people it took me about five years to figure out LOL, much less IOT, you know. It took the longest time to figure out the, the Internet of Things. So, yeah. so I, I know I'm not going to be, you know, the uh, the tip of the spear on the technology side, you know. But, uh, no, totally. But so, getting people together, that we can do. Yep. Um, okay, so there's two that I'm going to say. The one I was thinking of is no problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it. And I love that quote, because to me that gives me hope in the next generation and the things that we're doing here and just bringing new life into these discussions, new people, new ideas, right? It's, we're, we're gonna figure out solutions. We are, I, mean, I call it the Jetsons. You know, there's, when we talk about some of these um, challenges that we're having around water quality, uh, that's, that's what I say, I say that there's what we know now, there's what we're trialing, and then there's the Jetsons stuff that we haven't even thought of yet, right? right? right. Um, and then the other quote of his that I love um, is, anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. And I, I, that's what we're gonna have. We're gonna make a lot of mistakes um, trying to figure some of this stuff out, but it's worth it, right? I mean, and and I honestly, I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm so proud of working here because I just, I love the innovation that comes out of this valley right. um, and this state, and I, I know we're gonna get there. Well, I think that's, I think that's a great note to end on. And you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, that I move move around the state. I, I think your optimism and what is really kind of a fairly important but simple declarative statement, we're going to figure it out. We are. And, and innovation and technology, that, that's how we're going to do it this time. Yeah, so exactly. that's, a, that's a great note to end on. Abby, thanks for your time. Thank you. And always good to see you. You too. Thanks for listening to the Voices of the Valleys podcast, brought to you today by Harvestport, an innovation hub and marketplace for better agricultural products, practices, and ideas. Find out more at harvestport.com.